0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shaping Little Minds podcast. I am so excited that you are here with me. A lot has happened over the last few weeks, and I'm just gonna give you the basic overview. I took part in a virtual summit, leader's lounge for early childhood educators. I have a potential client for the Confident ECE, And if you want to learn more, the link will be in the show notes below. I had almost 100 people jump into my freebie, Boundaries to Confidence. And that link will also be in the show notes so you can hop in. And I'm writing a blog post for a big education company. So I will link to that when it is officially up. Um, And I am literally on cloud nine. Like this has been a passion of mine for for what feels like forever and it's been a dream that is finally coming to fruition. Like, I can't even explain how excited I am for this year and what's to come. So back to the podcast, today's podcast episode, I am actually bringing a guest back on who is in the midst of her first year of teaching and I wanted to bring her on And get some truth about what the first year has been like and um, really see if she had any tips for you if you are just beginning your teacher journey. So please help me welcome Brittany to the show today. Welcome to the Shaping Little Minds podcast. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what kind of led you to going into education in the first place?
1: Okay, so it's kind of a long story. But um I in twenty twenty one I got my master's for elementary education, which I did all throughout my undergrad. And then I got my master's last year. But what led to me that was I've kind of always wanted to be in education, if that makes sense. I've always loved being around kids and like that light bulb moment that every teacher talks about is what I love about teaching. And When I was in college, I did my um, student teaching and all of that. And it really defined why I love working with children. That's amazing.
0: Amazing. Um, Okay. So you're in your first year, which is super exciting. So I want you to kind of give the listeners an overview of how these last few months have gone for you.
1: Okay, so I started a little bit late. I started at the end of September, so a little bit into the school year. I am a math enrichment specialist. I'm only in the classroom two days a week, but I'm teaching first, second, third, and fourth, so a wide range of children <laughs> and ages. So at first, so at, at first, I love math, so it was really easy to get started because Numbers just come really easy to me. And for these kids, they know math. They're very good at it. So my job is to challenge them and make it so they're thinking. And it's not one, two, three, okay, I'm done. What do I do next? It's them actually going deeper with the math and explaining to me why, how I got my answer. Not just I got my answer, okay, what do I do next? It's okay, but what did you do to get there? And they have to explain to me their thinking, which I really love because sometimes they outsmart me and I'm their teacher. So, (laughs) yeah, so these last few months have been, I don't want to say easy because it's never easy, but it hasn't been as challenging as I thought it was going to be, especially going from student teaching where I was only with third graders to now teaching first, second, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. I happen to like third and fourth a little bit better, just because they kind of get my sarcasm when I'm teaching, <laughs> and they they throw it back at me, and it's just we can have more of an in depth conversation. Whereas right. first and second grade, they're kind of just wanting to get it done and over with, and they don't want to really have that conversation. They just want to be done.
0: Yeah, it's the difference in um. Mentality and in maturity, yeah. it's very interesting to see. Um, okay, so that's really good. Like you've had a pretty successful first year, yeah, um which is amazing. And that kind of ties into my next question, which is do you have a mentor that you can kind of look to for advice or for help either within the school or outside of the school? If you do, can you tell us about that person? And if not, tell us why?
1: So I do. Um, my mentor teacher for my student teaching, so she was my co-teacher. We were in a co-teaching environment. So the te- the kids thought of us as equals, which I thought was really cool because they didn't see me as under her. Whereas when she was out one day, I would just take over the classroom. We didn't need a sub. So mm-hmm. I was their sub. And she has been really helpful even when it was my last day last year she was like if you ever need anything always reach out and I have here and there because she I I kind of took a lot of her ways and management styles and it's really worked for me Mm -hmm. um other than that I would say my principal at the school I'm working at now she comes in every once in a while making sure that I'm okay if I need anything if I need her help with anything and it's been nice to have that at a school don't always get that with admin admin sometimes doesn't do the job that they should be doing and they let their teachers down
0: but Mm -hmm. I've
1: been lucky enough to where she has been there for me that's amazing yeah I mean
0: yeah, unfortunately, that is a big thing in the in the education world that, that admin let their teachers down. Um, what I've come to realize is that it's not always their fault. <laughs> um, right. And it's, I mean, listen, admin have a lot under on their plate. So it can be very challenging to do all of that and have the mentorship aspect with your teachers. Some admin can do it. Some admin can't. Um, And it's awesome that you have actually two mentors at this point, um, because one who you've worked with before and who you can ask any questions. And on top of that, you know that your admin is supportive and coming in and checking in on you and making sure that everything is running smoothly for your classes. So that's awesome. Um, So are there any resources that you have found super helpful this year to, like, get you through the first half of the school
1: year. (laughs) Absolutely. I clutch onto Teachers Pay Teachers Mm. because there's so many good resources out there that especially when it comes to enrichment, yeah, you can do the basics with them, but I like to make it fun for the kids. So I try and find um, escape rooms for them to do, like math escape rooms or um, scavenger hunts. And especially my third and fourth graders, they love doing that kind of stuff because they are doing math without knowing that they're doing math. And it's the best thing because they're engaged the entire time. And <laughs> I'm just there to facilitate. And they're, they're doing the work.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. First of all, I love that you want it to be fun. Because I think that gets lost in the mix once the academia starts to take over. Um, and Teachers for Teachers is a wonderful resource for all teachers literally all teachers, Um, early childhood as well. So I have used it. And if you want to hop in, you definitely should. It's free. You can get things for free on Teachers Pay Teachers, or you can spend your money and get something um, that you can use in the classroom. But resources are all also
1: Some schools schools also have accounts. So you don't have to pay out of your pocket. The schools will pay for it. That is true. Yeah. So it really
0: depends on the school. You can always ask An admin. Um, Okay. So, my next question is What is something you are finding challenging this year that either you didn't expect to
1: find challenging or that's kind of come up over the last several months? So, I've noticed with classroom management, it's very different from my first graders to my fourth graders Mm because not something that will work for first grade will definitely not work for fourth grade so I've learned that I've had to change up my classroom management styles for those grades Mm. so in the beginning of the year I just had a bell that I pressed and it chimed and they knew once the chime ended that their eyes were on me and they knew I needed to tell them something important whether that be a direction or me to tell them that they're getting a little too loud because I do share in my classroom so we can't be always getting our voice levels to a 10 when they should be at a three. Right. So what I did, which is actually working really well, is I'm doing a marble jar competition between all four mm-hmm. grades. So I love it. each grade gets up to 16 marbles a week. And so then I'm only there two days, that's 16 between those two days. And the first class to get to 100 wins. And depending on that grade level, depends on what they want. So we already had one winner, which was first grade. And they got a certificate. In the, and then I get hinted them out. And they absolutely loved that. Because first grade is very easy to please in that way. Uh-huh. But then when, I, when my fourth grader asked, oh, what did they win? I told them. They're like, okay. And they were very <laughs> un- unamused by it. And I was like, well, it depends on the grade, right? Like... Fourth grade is obviously not going to get a first grade reward. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen. But I was like, if you guys win, then we'll figure it out when the time comes. Okay. But they're very into it because they like the competition. Yeah, when I'm in the hallway and I'm just passing by a classroom, they're always like, what are we at now? Are we winning? <laughs> and I was like, well, you're going to have to find out when you come into the classroom. But it, it's becoming a game and they're really, really, really engaged in it. That's amazing. Listen, you have to make it fun for them
0: to number one, be engaged in the learning itself, but also to have
1: a classroom that's not chaotic all the time.
0: Right. And part of and that- it
1: works, it works yeah. because I can also take marbles away, I told them. So if they're not following my directions, if they're not listening to me, and they know when I get really quiet, I'm just counting how many marbles I'm taking away. <laughs> and I'll go into the jar and just start taking them away and then they get quieter and quieter and quieter and it worked like I don't have to raise my voice it's just something that is very manageable yeah and honestly raising your voice probably wouldn't work right
0: in that situation so that's that's a great tip just a little tip in there don't raise your voice get really quiet Because that is like the best thing you can do for classroom and behavior management. Okay, now we're kind of moving away from the classroom for a minute and talking about self-care. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, so many teachers say they don't have enough time. So many teachers say that they can't do it. And it is part of... It should be part of your everyday routine as a teacher to minimize burnout. So I want to know what are some self-care routines that you have put into place to help you minimize that burnout?
1: So there's a few. Number one is definitely reading. Mm -hmm. I got a Kindle over the holiday break, so I've really been able to read wherever, whenever. Mm -hmm. And it helps with just relaxing and taking your mind off of your responsibilities and like we say as teachers the work never ends so it's going to be there no matter what so you might as well take that time and focus on you because if you don't take care of you you can't take care of your kids absolutely so reading is definitely on my list. I also like to do face masks and just kind of just relax when I, at the end of the day, after working eight, nine hours a day, you want to come home and just veg. (laughs) And so I do face masks. I'll, I'll get my hair done. I'll get my nails done and just take care of me. Yeah, that's really important. And I think the
0: key is, you got to take care of you. You got to make sure that your cup is full so that you can show up for other people, whether it's your students or your children or your significant other. All of those things are super, super important and end up minimizing burnout. Um, yeah, it's something that I am a, an avid believer in just because I experienced that burnout at the beginning of my career. So I had to transition into a different kind of um teaching career I guess you can call it um and just in general like a different lifestyle um okay so we're kind of heading back into the classroom a little bit um which I think that everybody has something to say about um being a teacher in the classroom and advice to to give but what Mm -hmm. I want to know is what what advice you would give to the first-year teachers who are listening to this podcast episode right now?
1: My advice would be it's okay to make mistakes mm. because you're learning. It's okay. It also is okay to take chances. If Try something. If it doesn't work out, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You can always switch it up. I In my first year now, I love taking chances because you learn what you like and you learn what you don't like. You learn what the kids will be receptive to and you learn what they won't be receptive to. So taking chances and making mistakes are huge your first year because... It's what makes you a good teacher. It make, It's what makes you be reflective as your first year teacher going into your second year. You can look back on your first year and say, oh, wow, this really worked. Or, oh, wow, I'm not doing this ever again. So yeah, I would just say making mistakes is completely okay. And even veteran teachers make mistakes still. And it happens. We're human. Mm-hmm. I know even my first year now, sometimes when I go make copies, I'll forget about a class and I won't make copies. Then I'll be like, oh, my, so-and-so, can you go and make copies for me? Because I would forget. And it happens. It, it's just human. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I love that because um, mistakes
0: are not always viewed positively. And I think that as a teacher, as a human being, it is okay to make a mistake. As long as you learn from that mistake.
1: Mm -hmm. I think
0: making a mistake is one thing and you can give yourself grace, but you can also learn from that mistake and move forward. And I think the the balance of the two is huge, Um, but also like taking a risk, especially in the classroom can be the most exciting thing in the whole entire world and can flip the mood around because you just took a risk doing something that you didn't know if it was going to work, but why not?
1: Right. And if it doesn't work, you just know. It it
0: again. Exactly. I remember one of my first years teaching, I was teaching a lesson and it was a story, right? And I, I, I did the story out of memory. It wasn't like a book or whatever. And I totally messed it up. <laughs> like totally messed it up. I didn't, I didn't say it the right way, the way that I wanted to, it didn't make sequential sense, like really totally messed up. And I literally looked at my other, the other teachers in my class and I go, we're going to try that again tomorrow. And I sent (laughs) the the kids to lunch because I wasn't going to sit there and like be hard on myself and like not like laugh at the fact that I just messed that whole thing up and the kids probably didn't get a word that I just said. I literally was like, okay, like this happens. We'll try again tomorrow. I'll figure out how to, how to say this in the right way so that the kids actually understand what the hell I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, mistakes are lessons learned and taking, taking um, any kind of risk in the classroom is always so fun. And you learn what you, what worked and what didn't and i love the fact that when you mentioned all of this it's a chance for you to reflect and i think that is the biggest um aha moment for me like like a light bulb kind of went off like it's true when you do all of these things you are learning throughout and you're able to say okay this didn't work for this age now i can go back and know that that wasn't going to work for next year if i teach this age again um and uh, what i do I, I have done for most of my teaching career is i i literally have a journal at school with me that i keep that i write notes in just so that i under i know what's going on and that's um a great reflective practice i mean you don't have to write it down you can do whatever you want with it but i love that because i'm a huge what i've teacher.
1: been doing that reminds me of what i've been doing i've been i have a binder for each grade level because i am doing different grade levels mm-hmm. and whenever something works I just make a photocopy of it and I put it in that binder so I know that these things I can go back to if I am there next year or if I'm in any grade next year Mm -hmm. I can pull things from these binders knowing that they work and then also with my student teaching if anybody is a student teacher out there I recommend taking any worksheets or any material that your mentor teacher has and just make a copy for yourself, create a binder for yourself. That's what I did. And even now I go back into it and I pull stuff from that binder because it'll work universally. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Those, those are huge things. I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of good little nuggets throughout this episode, even though it's a pretty short one. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of nuggets that, that, first year teachers, um, new teachers, even veteran teachers can take and use and incorporate into their practice. So mm-hmm. the last question is how can teachers find you, connect with you so that they can either ask you questions, learn from you, etc.? cetera?
1: Um, they can go onto my Instagram. Uh, I can pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram handle. Um, but yeah, you can look at me on Instagram. I have Facebook. Um, and when you post this, you can also tag me, and it'll work with that. But mm-hmm. it is B R I T T two underscores Rose R O S E underscore. That's Amazing,
0: that's Instagram. And yes. so what I'll do is I will um post those links in the show notes so that they can get in touch with you that way. Thank you. I think this was a really good podcast episode. It was short and sweet, but it had a lot of good information for teachers. So I appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. How amazing was that conversation? Brittany is not only a guest, but a good friend of mine. I hope you got some insight from this conversation. I know I definitely did. So if you are a first-year teacher listening to this, could you send me a message on Instagram at Little Minds Podcast and tell me your biggest takeaway? I'd love to hear from you and share it um, because I really think that this podcast episode had a lot to offer. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you could share this episode with your teacher friends, leave a review, or just share the episode on Instagram and tag me, I'd love to connect with you. Keep learning, growing, and becoming your best teacher self. I am so proud of you. See you next time, teachers.